Chapter 23 Sanders watched Simon Schultz through the one-way window. An idea had begun to form in his mind earlier in the morning, and two cups of coffee later, it only seemed better. That was the sign of a good idea, in his opinion. But he still needed a second opinion. He pulled out his phone and found Bree's name. He wasn't sure why, but she seemed like a good person to ask about this one. She was the most practical, logical person he knew, and he needed that angle in this decision. Hello? Hi, Bree, it's Sanders. Listen, I've got an idea. Twenty minutes later, although somewhat reluctant, he dialed Jim's number, which he had gotten from Nathan, and pressed the call button. Hey, Jim, how's it going? Listen, I need to ask you about Caleb Schultz. You seem to know him the best, and I need your opinion on something. Do you have a minute? Sure, Jim said, sounding delighted. What do you want to know? Well, I've got a sort of plan to get Simon to speak, but I would need to fully trust Caleb. Do you think he's about ready to share what he knows? Jim paused. I can't speak for him, Mr. Sanders, but my guess is he'll be ready sooner than later. What he really needed was some time alone, which he got last night. It's at least worth asking. But be gentle, he's a fragile young man. Sanders nodded to himself. Trust me, I know, but when he tells me, can I trust him? I would, Jim said immediately. He's been around criminals his whole life, but he isn't like them, Mr. Sanders. He's tried so hard to follow all the rules. He couldn't be dishonest if he tried. Sanders frowned. Do you mean to say he isn't a good liar? Not necessarily, Jim said. After all, he has been hiding things from his family his whole life, pretending to be someone he's not. He cut off abruptly. Sorry, I don't want to say too much. Hmm, Sanders said thoughtfully. Well, from what you've told me, I think my plan really will work. I needed Caleb to be a good person I can trust, but also a good actor. Do you think he'll be able to help me? When Jim spoke, his voice was husky. I think that kid can do anything if he feels it's important. Sanders nodded and smiled. Suddenly, he had a lot of confidence in what was going to happen in these next few days. Thanks, Jim, he said. I'll let you know if anything happens. You've been a great help. He called Kelly, asked her to bring the kids over to the jail, then texted Nathan and Christy. Bree was already on her way, and if this plan was successful, Sanders suspected he would need even more agents here. After half an hour, everyone had arrived. Nathan, Bree, and Christy were pretending to do important things, but Sanders knew there was nothing really to do until Caleb agreed to help. So, the moment Caleb stepped through the door, Sanders pounced. "'Caleb, good to see you,' he said, shaking the boy's hand energetically. "'Say, could I talk to you for a bit?' Would you be willing to answer my questions? Caleb seemed doubtful, and for a moment Sanders felt certain he would refuse, but then he shrugged and said, I guess I can talk to you. Sanders could have leapt for joy, but he only said, That's great, Caleb, thank you. Let's go over there, shall we? He led the way out of the small room that had been temporarily repurposed into an FBI office space. It was much quieter in the hallway. He listened carefully while Caleb explained everything he knew. It was spectacular. Caleb's information verified what they already knew, including how the delivery system worked and the fact that nobody in the system actually knew the identities of the other members, except for the highest officials. 
My dad's friend, Lyle, is the treasurer, Caleb said at one point, his face pale and his voice quiet. He's the only one with a complete list of all the names, but he's not a bad person, Mr. Sanders. He was forced into highway acts because his dad did it. Sanders nodded sympathetically. They often are, but not you. Caleb shifted uncomfortably in his chair, and Sanders watched him carefully. The boy was silent for some time before he whispered, I've tried not to get involved. I've tried. Sanders placed a comforting hand on the boy's shoulder. It's okay, he said softly. You've done the right thing, Caleb. I know your childhood has been marred in unspeakable ways, and I am so sorry for that. Soon it will all be over. But I need to ask you for one more thing before it is all over. I need your help. He studied Caleb's face as he spoke. For the most part, the boy was impassive, refusing to reveal his emotions. But his eyes grew increasingly fearful, so much so that Sanders felt a strange urge to wrap him in his arms. He resisted the emotions, however, and contented himself with looking away as he continued. Caleb, your father knows a lot of things that you don't even know, but he refuses to speak to us at all, so we are stuck in a very complicated position, an impasse, so to speak. He has what we want, and now we have the only thing he cares about, you and Maggie. Caleb's gaze darkened. He doesn't care about us. I can't help you. If anyone can convince him, it's you, Sanders continued calmly. So my question is this. Are you willing to talk to your dad for us? We would keep you perfectly safe, and we would provide you with everything we want you to say. We would keep careful tabs on the conversation, so you wouldn't have to try to remember what he says. All you'd have to do is the talking. What do you say? Caleb looked at the ground as he shrugged, slowly and sadly. How can I say no, he said, his voice resigned. It's obvious you need me, and if I refuse, I'll feel guilty for the rest of my life. Sanders felt his mouth twitch, like some sort of sad smile. Thanks, Caleb, he said. I want you to know that there's no pressure. Anything you can give us, even just one sentence, will be greatly appreciated. All we ask is your best effort. Caleb nodded once. Sanders sighed. I hate to rush you into this, but this case is rather time-sensitive. I'll have you work with Christy now, if you don't mind, to talk about the best approach. But if you need anything at all, please don't hesitate to ask me, okay? Caleb nodded again, and Sanders sighed. He wanted to say something more, but he couldn't think of anything. So he nodded back, then led the way back into the makeshift office. Sanders took a large bite out of his sandwich. He watched Caleb, who was pacing up and down the hallway outside the room where Simon Schultz sat alone. For almost ten minutes, the boy had been walking back and forth, breathing heavily to calm himself. The prep work had been complete for some time now, but Caleb had insisted that he needed a moment before he was ready to face his father. Sanders was growing impatient, but he knew that rushing the process along would accomplish nothing. Caleb stopped suddenly, halfway down the hallway. He turned. I'm ready. Sanders blinked, surprised but thrilled at the development. Excellent, he said. Remember, at the slightest threatening movement from Simon, we will open the door and you are to exit immediately. There is no reason to be afraid. Caleb nodded, and Sanders unlocked the door to the room. Schultz, he said, poking his head through. 
You have a visitor. He widened the door to allow the prisoner to see his son. Immediately, the color drained from Simon's face, and he stood. Caleb? But... I'll leave you two alone for a few minutes, Sanders said, slipping out of view. Caleb stepped inside. Hello, father, he said, his voice flat and emotionless. Caleb, I... I don't know what to say. How are you here? Caleb shrugged. Lyle came to pick us up, and he put us into Highway Access packages to be delivered to some distant relative in France. The FBI intercepted us, figured out we were your kids. They wanted me to get you to talk. Sanders frowned slightly as he watched and listened from behind the one-way window. He hadn't realized Caleb was going to admit that particular detail, but he trusted Christie's judgment if this was her plan. I won't, Simon said, sputtering. Tell them they just need to give up trying. I won't tell them anything. They already know everything, thanks to me. They only need one little detail from you, something I can't give them. Please, Dad. I don't care if all they want is my middle name. I won't betray my honor like that. I won't help them attack my best friends. Your honor? Caleb asked incredulously. You betrayed your honor when you joined Highway X, when you became a criminal. You have no honor left. If anything, you'll be regaining your honor when you return to the side of justice. My best friend is practically in charge of it. I'm sure you revealed that much to your little friends in the FBI, didn't you? Betraying him is betraying my honor, betraying my loyalty. And I won't do that. Caleb's eyes blazed, and Sanders almost wanted to run inside, though he wasn't sure which person needed more protection, Caleb or Simon. No, Caleb countered. Your best friend died eight years ago, and you already betrayed her by joining a group that she would have hated if she knew about it. You betrayed her every second you failed to raise me and Maggie, and you're betraying her by refusing to admit you were wrong, refusing to change. You betrayed her when she was living, and you're betraying her memory now that she's dead. There's nothing less honorable than that. Simon blinked, and Sanders watched, amazed as his eyes filled with water. Don't you know that I did it all for her? It's not all for her if it's against what she would have wanted. She would have hated it, and you know it. There was a short silence before Simon said, furiously, You barely knew her. You have no right to talk to me like that about her. I loved your mother. Caleb shrugged angrily. I barely know you either. You were always absent, always away somewhere, breaking the law. You abandoned us, just like her, except you have no excuse for it, because you weren't dead. Simon recoiled as if he'd been slapped. I provided for you, he said defensively. I didn't abandon you. I was always working for your and Maggie's sakes. Always. Caleb shook his head. We didn't want money, food, clothes, a house. Not if they were bought with stolen money. We wanted a father. Instead, all we got was you, and you didn't even care. Simon fell back down into his chair, as if this accusation was too heavy for him to maintain his balance. He stared at the table for a long time, and when he spoke, his voice was husky. I didn't realize I was such a terrible father, he said. Sanders thought it sounded like the kind of comment where the speaker was hoping for the listener to counter with an immediate, No, you weren't terrible. 
but Caleb merely nodded. Yeah, you were. He paused. But you can change, starting with answering one simple question for the FBI. Caleb said the words so mechanically that Sanders was sure they were Christie's words, not his. It was obvious he didn't believe them at any rate. He wasn't ready to forgive his father, no matter how much information the man offered. And Sanders couldn't blame the kid, either. Simon smiled wryly. You were just waiting to say that, weren't you? He sighed. I'm sorry, Caleb, I really am. But I won't change my mind. What's done is done, and there's no going back. Caleb glared at his father for a beat before turning on his heel and pushing open the door. Fine, he said, not even looking back. It was always your stupid job over your kids. It wasn't for me and Maggie, and it wasn't for Mom. It was for you, all along. You really are the most selfish man I've ever met. Caleb, wait, Simon said, standing again. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Caleb turned, halfway out the door. Yes, you did. He spat bitterly. Okay, explain, Sanders demanded, thoroughly bewildered. What is this brilliant plan of yours? Christy laughed. We're going to use Maggie. Just to clarify, if he wants to see Maggie, I make him explain the code first, and all we need from him is clarification that a colored license plate plus unlocked door equals highwayman? Christy nodded confirmation. Excellent, excellent. At that moment, Nathan appeared in the hallway, entering through the doorway of their makeshift office. His cell phone rested precariously atop a stack of file folders, which he held somewhat tentatively. Christy, please take these away from me, he said, thrusting them toward her. I don't even know what half of them are, and it's driving me crazy. Hey, did you get Schultz to talk? He shoved the load the rest of the way into Christy's arms while she laughed. And don't you dare expect me to accept your apology. You don't deserve it. He slammed the door behind him. That was intense, Sanders remarked as Caleb exhaled loudly and turned toward him. How are you feeling? Caleb shrugged, his expression dark. It went just how we expected, which is to say, not well. Hey, Christy said, practically materializing behind him. That was great. He's on the verge. I can tell. Not yet, Sanders said. But I think Christy and Caleb's plan is a good one. I think it might work. Hopefully. And if not? Sanders shrugged. Then we'll just carry on without confirmation. We'll be slightly less credible, but we'll still get attention. I think we need Mr. Florshine for this. Know-it-all Norman? Nathan said, frowning at his boss. Are you sure that's a good idea? Sure, Christy put in with a shrug. We need all the publicity we can get to catch these criminals. Who's know-it-all Norman? asked Caleb hesitantly, as if he wasn't sure whether he was entitled to ask anything. He's a reporter, Sanders explained. He's always our first contact when we need the world to know something. We can post on our own platforms, but very few people are connected with the FBI on social media. If we want everyone to be on the lookout for colored license plates on semi-trucks, Norman Florshine will make the message heard. Know-it-all Norman is a nickname, Christy added with a laugh. We don't call him that to his face, and he isn't really a know-it-all. But he is somewhat insufferable because he's never content with just the details we want everyone to know. He just has to know it all. Every person involved, every clue. He seems to think he's better at solving mysteries than we are, 
since he's seen movies and read books about detectives. But, Sanders countered, he has never been known to publish anything more than what we ask him to, so he is a reliable outlet for us to use, even if he is slightly annoying to have around. Nathan sighed. Fair enough, I'll call him to let him know that we may need his services soon. But I'll tell him not to come until we're all the way ready. The last thing we need right now is another person wandering around, if you know what I mean. <laughs>